0: small business show at business show.co episode 61 for Wednesday, April 6th, 2016. and welcome to the small business show at business show.co the small the, the, uh, easy for me to say the show for and by folks in small business the unsung heroes of our economy as Shannon sometimes likes to say here in Durham New Hampshire I'm Dave Hamilton and in
1: Lafayette California I'm Shannon Jean and I I love that unsung heroes uh you know phrase because I I really Believe it's true. Yeah. And uh, how, how are things out in uh, your neck of the
0: woods, sir? Uh, it's spring, which means we had a snowstorm yesterday. <laughs> I saw those pictures. That's <laughs> insane. It's 80, <laughs> like 85 here today. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 It's yeah I mean, crazy. it's all mostly melted anyway. So we didn't yeah. even have to shovel. So it's, it, that's the beauty of the spring snowstorm in New England is you watch it come down and you don't even have to worry about it. In fact, our plow guy didn't come and we were like, hell, that's kind of weird. He didn't come because I kind of figured he would want money, you know? But yeah, sure. It's a <laughs> limited window of opportunity, man, before the the sun takes care of it all. That's awesome. So, That's yep. awesome. Well, hey, today uh,
1: we are joined by uh, Bob Greywall from SeaPoint Business Advisors, and you know, Bob, we're going to talk about uh, a number of things that Bob does with his business. And Bob, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Good to be yeah. here. Yeah, we really appreciate you uh, giving us the time today, and. You know, get get us started here uh, with a little bit of background about C Point. You know what you guys do, um, how long you've been involved. You know with 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 the company and
2: uh, just little tidbits for our listeners. Sure. Um, Collectively, our firm has about twenty years of experience selling companies. Uh, We sell small to medium sized businesses, and uh, we think of ourselves as folks that fill in that gap between. Business brokers that might sell, you know, mom and pop shops like restaurants uh, and retail shops versus an investment banker which may sell, you know, one hundred, two hundred million dollar business. So when we define small businesses, we're really defining them as businesses with revenue somewhere between one and thirty million dollars. And um, and and that's what and that's what we do is we that's all we do is just sell companies for business owners. That's awesome. And what's your what do you love most about your job, you know, the thing that I love most is the first time I meet a business owner, and I sit down and I learn uh, the history of the company, how they started it, all the blood, sweat, and tears they went through when they built it, and they today they have this successful company they're proud of, and they've made such a good living for themselves doing it. I love hearing those success stories, and I meet so many different folks with so many different types of businesses. It makes my my work's so much more fun. I, I look forward to to Mondays. Most people don't, but I actually look forward to it because I get to meet different bo- business owners every week, and uh, and that's so enjoyable for me. That's
0: so cool. I, I, I've, I've already got like a laundry list of questions, Shannon. And, and <laughs> oh, yeah, go, man, go. <laughs> okay, so I, how, I, I, and I'm going to go out of order because there is no order. Uh, no. How many businesses, I mean, you say you get to meet new businesses all the time. How many businesses <laughs> do you, Work or do you work with every year? And then, how many do you wind up selling every
2: year? That's a good question. Um, generally, uh, I work with about I get ten engagements a year. Any more than that, it's just too much work, sure. um, and you know, my my wife starts to. Uh, tell me that I'm working too many hours. So I, I definitely try to keep my clients to about ten. And then some of those businesses don't sell. Sometimes sure. there's something that there's an event that happens with the business, or um, you know the business itself isn't well received in the marketplace. And we can certainly talk about that um, in a bit as well. But I sell about seven companies personally. We have four intermediaries at at my firm um, that do the same. And um, um, so when you when you try to Try to uh, sell larger companies. Oftentimes, you'll have to reduce the quantity of businesses uh, that you are going to sell because some of those larger businesses do take an enormous amount of resources and time and effort to sell. So uh, it generally varies, but generally, it's it's ten businesses, and and we sell uh, seven to to eight of those businesses per
0: year. All right. So That's so cool. you, you I mean you see so you're doing some I, I mean probably just naturally in the course of the kind of the getting to know you process, you're sort of doing a weed out too of, okay, you know, we, we, we're only going to take on these businesses that we believe we can sell to whoever it is we sell to. Correct.
2: Yeah. That's correct. So we, we kind of, um, we do a lot of, we, we go out, we meet with owners for free and um, we don't charge anything to meet with them. And so we do, we have to filter out opportunities for the marketplace. So, um, so when buyers come to us, or they're seeing screened businesses, businesses that are generally profitable, um, more, more often than not, healthy. I mean, if there's something uh, that's distressed about the business, uh, that's a special circumstance. But we typically get involved with profitable, healthy businesses.
0: Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. And and do you only do you work only on commission, or is there a fee that the business pays? And I, I'm not looking to turn this into a marketing pitch for you. I'm just asking because I'm curious, you <laughs> yeah, know. It is curious, yeah. yeah.
2: No, I prefer the marketing pitch. Actually. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I, that's yeah I, I didn't figure you were going to balk at that. I just, you know, for, for the
0: sake of our listeners, hopefully they're having the same questions, right? And Sure, and, sure, yeah. yeah. Sure, yeah.
2: So we do not charge any upfront fee. There's no retainer fee. There's sure. no cost if we don't sell the business. It's just strictly on a success fee. Uh we like to call it a success fee because it like sounds that. better than commission, but uh but essentially we only get paid if the business sells.
0: Right. Okay. That's All right. It. So okay, so you really are I mean your customers know that when you bring a business to them, it this is not just something you're doing so that you can you know, siphon, uh, you know, money out of some unsuspecting business owner and it's never going to sell you, you truly believe that you're going to be able to sell this business. And that's a great thing. I've always said, you know, if you're going to engage any sort of, uh, partner, you know, in any, in any way, it's always good to have your interests aligned. And it sounds like you follow that philosophy.
2: That's true. And I would advise all of your listeners to be really, really careful if you're working with anyone that's charging a very large upfront fee with uh, the promise of some exorbitant price, uh, because you may very well not sell that business and they will keep that fee. I'll just be very, very careful uh, about doing that. I don't recommend anyone to do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I've I've run run into those people. I'm sure you have. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So it it didn't take long. I mean, I was probably in business, you know, a few years before those kinds of letters started making their way uh, across my desk where it would be, uh, I I guess maybe they would be considered a broker or something like that. Uh, But they use all kinds of different names. But they they typically are, oh, I have a buyer. We have buyers in your industry. We'd like to talk to you. And, you know, as a new business owner, you look at these kind of things like wow you know maybe somebody's interested in buying my business but a few phone calls later you realize there is a lot of companies out there doing just what you're advising against you know charging a substantial fee just to get involved in the in selling your business
2: yeah an upfront an upfront non-refundable upfront fee, fee. Yeah, yeah that's awful yeah yeah and, awful. and
1: i yeah. it is awful. And, I, and i guess i don't have a question other than more of uh, uh, reiterating your you know, it's great to know that there are companies like yourself that are out there uh, that will get aligned with a business owner. and Because I imagine you look at a company and it's in your best interest even to say, hey, you know, we, we will not have a fit here. We don't think we could sell it or maybe we couldn't sell it for what some expectation is, right? Because you don't want to waste your time because it's, it's money.
2: Correct. So what we'll do is we'll sit down with a business owner and give them our opinion after some analysis of their financials and give them an idea of what we think the market value of the business is and if they're on the same page in terms of uh, their expectation uh, we will uh, be interested in working with them and you know obviously there's when you when you estimate the value of anything you never really know until you go to market, what it actually is worth. So, um, so we're we're essentially making a very educated guess based on uh, comparable data that we have in our databases, um, and then also. Um, just our own experience uh, being in the marketplace. So if we're on the same page, then yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll happily go to market. I do want to amend one, one comment I made. There are certain times or certain instances with very large companies, let's say it's above $100 million in revenue, where certain firms, typically an investment bank, will charge an upfront fee. And those are are oftentimes necessary because there are a lot of expensive resources. An investment bank may want to put... Into it, and they also want to know that the seller is truly committed uh, to it and not just kind of fishing for, for offers uh, from an intermediary just to either entertain themselves or satisfy their personal curiosity, but to, show, but to show that they're really committed to the process may charge an upfront fee. But generally, if you're a small to medium sized business, I do not think you should pay any upfront fee to sell your company. Great. That's great
0: advice. Thank you. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. That's so good. who who are your who are your customers? And, and I, I guess I mean that in both ways. Uh, you know, are there certain businesses, types of businesses, markets that that you find you you work in better? And and then who who buys these businesses? Who do you go to to sell these?
2: Sure, it depends on the size, so when you 're talking about a very small business let's say you know if it had eight hundred thousand revenue or a million in revenue, um, you know sometimes those businesses are a combination of a job and a business it's really both yeah uh, when you when you start to get larger and there's more management in it, um, it becomes more of a business, and sure, the owner is coming in and working but uh, you know, as the business gets larger, you typically have so much management that the owner doesn't come in for a few weeks, the business is going to keep on on running. And so in those instances, you have more of a business and those kinds of buyers for the larger businesses tend to be much more sophisticated. And today, uh, you know, buyers typically come in two categories for, for those businesses that, you know, exceed maybe $5 million in revenue. Yeah, you're going to get a strategic buyer, which may be a buyer that sells products that complement yours or a service that complements yours and Uh, you also will have a financial buyer. A different financial buyer is one where they just want the actual income from the business, so they're willing to either borrow the money or they have the capital in-house to purchase your business, and uh, they will just essentially generate a return that way. But strategic buyers are interesting because oftentimes there's economics in there that make it so attractive, they often will pay a higher price. Uh, but what's so interesting about today's market is that interest rates are so low that oftentimes financial buyers are, are even bidding higher than strategic buyers, which is very rare, very rare. So it's kind of an unusual market today because money is so cheap to borrow for buyers, and it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a very good time to sell for a lot of owners as a result. That's good to know.
1: Yeah. So, for for a small business owner, you know, wh- what do you think the biggest misconception is uh, when they start thinking about selling their company? Um, what what do you, is there a, a something that you kind of hear over and over again, or something in commonality in, in the thought process that's not correct?
2: Um, boy, about a misconception. Uh, I think sometimes when sellers are on the inside running their business. They forget that somebody on the outside looking in, or even if it's a different company, they may not—they're not going to have the same comfort level that the seller is uh, that the seller has today. So, um, you know, maybe that they don't realize the importance of having really good books and records, and having really good profit and loss and balance sheets, uh, and showing them in such a clean way that anyone that's looking at them will clearly see. How much profit the business generates, so sometimes they run it in such a casual way they think oh this is this is so easy, somebody else is just going to be able to come in and just be just as comfortable and be as successful as me when they they really won't because, for example, there's probably no operations manual, um, you know maybe they're running a lot of personal expenses through the business, all those things make it harder to sell and it's not that easy to, to sell a business. There's a lot of uh, scrutinizing of the, of, the, of the books and records that happen when you when you sell a business. So oftentimes I think uh, sellers don't realize it is, it is an arduous process. There is this due diligence period where buyers go in and they want to really make sure that they're, they're getting what they're paying for. So during that process, they're going to be going through a lot of records and it seems very tedious for sellers. So uh, sometimes sellers are not prepared. Uh, you know, emotionally or even, huh. um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, physically ready uh, to to sell the business. They don't have a lot of their records in um, in good shape.
0: Is yeah, it? I, I- it's ahead, sorry, sorry, I said I wasn't going to okay. step on you Shannon, and Now I'm <laughs> stepping okay. on you. Right You're excited. Way. Go ahead. Do yeah. It, do well, no. Is it common? Because we're still talking about, you know, even at five million in revenue, annual revenue. I mean, that's still a a, a business that I would consider small. Uh, you, you know, because you it's typically not too many people, and you sort of manage it the the way you manage it. Uh, but is is it common? Because of that, is it common for um, business owners to have to to restate their financials in a way that reflects what the business would look like to someone else. For example, you know, you might run a vehicle or something through the business that you know is one of these things that yeah, the IRS allows it, but really, if somebody else is looking at it, well, that's actually kind of profit. Y- you know, it, yes, it's allowed profit, it's deductible profit, but you know what? This other person's not going to run it that way, so. Is, is that sort of a common thing? How do, how do you address that stuff? So uh, the
2: common measure for businesses, let's say, for example, for $5 million, I know you mentioned it's small, but you would use a, um, an, an accounting term called EBITDA, which is earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization. And we also recast the financial statement. So we'll go in... And we'll figure out what the owner is paying themselves, and just like you said, like we'll go in and, and add back an owner vehicle, and sometimes, you know, there's other things written off on there. They might have a private plane or or anything else in there that's discretionary, and those items are, you know, there's there's a variety of different ways to 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 spend those uh, monies. I mean, I don't I don't think, for example, maybe there's even equipment that really wasn't necessary um, that they purchased just to reduce their income taxes. So we do recast uh, the financial statements to really show what the actual earnings figure is. Now, in addition to that, though, sometimes if there's a strategic buyer and we can see economics that are very favorable for a transaction, we can also create a set of financials that show what a combined operation would look like, uh-huh. so all the folks can kind of look at and see really this makes a lot more economic sense, and it could be uh, a very, very attractive and lucrative outcome for the seller, but also for the buyer uh, with the, with the combination of the two companies
0: Well oh, that's really so we'll- you you providing a lot of value I mean to the whole equation there, which obviously is the point that's yeah huh that's right.
1: Yeah so you you'll like should the expectation of the you know the business owner that's selling be that, that, that an advisor such as you know Cpoint is going to help walk them through that process or that they should already have those things ready to go
2: so we we often will meet sellers two years, maybe three years before they're ready to sell they're kind of just in this discovery phase where they want to just learn a little bit more about the process, what they have to do so we'll we'll sit down with with owners and just go over their financials, go over their systems and their processes, and talk about where can we make things a lot more efficient and um, for example, one of the areas that we will talk about is is customer concentration so Let's say you had a business and you have a very loyal customer uh, for for 20 years and they represent 35% of your revenue. That's a lot of concentration and a buyer will will look at that and be very concerned about it. So sometimes what we'll talk about is, well, what can we do? How many more customers can we add uh, to help reduce uh, the perception of risk there? And what else can we do to reduce reduce the perception of risk. You really want to have your revenue well-distributed amongst your customer base, so a buyer comes in and they're not worried about the loss of one customer. So we'll have conversations about things like that. We'll also have conversations about their daily involvement. Uh, owners love to do things on their own, be very hands-on, maybe even minimal middle management. However, adding management is a very valuable thing for a buyer because there's personal relationships with customers, there's personal relationships with Vendors and suppliers, all those things need to transfer to the buyer. And if you, as the seller, are sitting there and you manage all of it, and when you sell, you're not really selling yourself as an asset. You're usually wanting to step out at that point. But if you if you have an added management, uh, there is a there is a, a transition process that's going to be a lot more delicate than if you did have those managers in there, and, and ultimately transit, translates into more value for you as a seller when you when you do have more of a hands-off kind of business. Yeah, that's great. And Amy, it kind of leads me at another question about,
1: you know, when the uh, business owner should start thinking about, you know, selling their business. Is there a typical time that makes sense for them or should they, you know, uh, uh, you know, when is the kind of right time? I don't know if it's just a personal, hey, I'm thinking about selling, but it sounds like, you know, if they're two or three years, out, they should start talking to someone such as yourself that can help guide them through that process, which sounds, you know, fantastically uh, valuable uh, from a business owner standpoint.
2: I I think it, yeah, I think it's very important for them to reach out to advisors. Um, They could even start with their CPA and and have their CPA, uh, sit down with their CPA and talk a little bit more about what kind of tax structure should we think about if I wanted to sell my business? And so there are some entities, for example, that are taxed very differently. Uh, you know, C corps are taxed very differently than S corps. And those are all kinds of conversations that um, a seller or a business owner should have with their CPA early on and talk about how can we structure this if I do want to sell three years from now that'll minimize my tax impact. And they can talk to their advisors. They can talk to folks like us. I mean, we're often referred to as either mergers and acquisition advisors or business brokers. But sit down with somebody that you like, or even sit down with a, a, a group. You know, maybe interview s- several of them and, and try to find out which one do you see yourself really wanting to work with. And and they can oftentimes will give you advice and and very valuable advice early on, and you'll build a relationship with them. I mean, oftentimes when I um, and working with clients, that whole courtship process might take two, three years and I'm not generating any income from it. My incentive is to generate goodwill with the seller. And then ultimately they they will, you know, have me represent them when I, when I sell the business. And that's, that's where I'll have, uh, what we'll both have uh, essentially is, is a mutually beneficial economic outcome from it. So, um, so there are things they can do, um, is meeting with, with professionals such as myself, or um, also with a CPA, uh, I think will be will be very very helpful for them. Yeah, and it sounds like you know they need to be prepared for
1: th- this is a process that, that is going to take a, a significant amount of time, uh, and it, it's not something that they're going to jump into and make a decision and you
2: know f- uh, a few months later it's going to be all wrapped up you know i've had a you know last year we sold a pet products company and it was a gentleman that wanted to sell and from the time i met with him to the time we actually sold and had a uh, had an outcome that the seller was over the moon happy about uh it took about eight months and and so that one that one i I was really excited about because pet products is is a very very hot industry right now and Um, You know, manufacturing, wholesale distribution are areas that we um, are experts in, and and areas we just love working in. Um, Those are those are great, very scalable businesses, um, and there's a lot of demand for those right now. So that particular business went, uh, it was sold very quickly. But we also have. other other customers that are like me for example or other clients that are in the technology space so anything with like a recurring revenue component to it so let's say you had an online business and you charged a monthly subscription fee or you even had um you know an an old old school kind of business not technology oriented but it was like a maintenance business and you had filters and you constantly replaced those filters so some type of consumable or even a food products company those are there there's a very healthy appetite in the marketplace for those kinds of businesses cuz again uh, the buyer will want to um you know they basically will pay a premium for businesses that they perceive as less risky. So if you have this stable revenue stream that's well distributed amongst many different customers, uh, you have a business that that's going that's going to be very liquid and it's going to sell um, a lot quicker than uh, it otherwise would if you didn't have those attributes to it. So it varies on, on the types of uh, time frames I mean, we generally like to meet somebody about a year before a minimum of a year before they're interested in selling. Uh, that gives us time to at least do some work together. Um, and if it's three years, that's, that's fine, too. We'll, we'll sit down and, and meet with them. But it's often difficult for many folks uh, to determine when is the right time to sell because it's a personal decision. It's, you know, when am I, it's, sometimes for some folks, they don't really need the money uh, when they sell. I and mean, we all love to be in that position. But many, many sellers are so passionate about their business, they just love doing it. And so I, I will ask them, you know, why is it that you want to sell? What's really motivating you to sell? Are you wanting to spend more time with your, with your grandchildren? Uh, are you wanting to travel more? Are you just burnt out and you're just tired of all the headaches of having employees? And I really like to understand the story of why owner wants to sell because sometimes they might think, well, I'm just thinking now might be a good time to sell and I can get a lot of money for it. Um, that may not be a good reason to sell because if you don't have anything to do, like for some folks, I mean, it's not good for me, but it's good for the seller. I'll just tell them, I don't think you should sell. I think you enjoy what you're doing, and you love what you're doing, and maybe you don't want to retire. Maybe there's you don't enjoy traveling. I, I don't think that you should. You should, you know, you have a sense of purpose from from owning and running your business, and I think you could keep yeah. it. But, but for some folks, uh, I really like try to understand it. And so, from a financial standpoint, you want to know like the last. thing Three years. There's a typically a three year look back. Some some folks actually go back five years, but generally you want three years of stable and solid profitable history on your business. So, and then the other thing, other question I would I would ask the seller is if you're trying to time your your the sale of your business. What if we got a re, what we what if we hit a recession later this year or sometime next year? Nobody really knows when the next recession is coming, and your business is is sensitive to to recessions. Are you willing to wait 3 to 4 years after that recession to sell? So meaning if we hit a recession next year, are you willing to wait 4 years before you sell? And if the answer is no, you should probably start preparing to sell the business now because you may not be in a position either, you know, from 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 a personal health standpoint or even just your mental well-being, you may not want to wait that long. So it's just it's difficult to time it perfectly, but I think that's one question somebody should really ask themselves, and if they're not really uh, ready now, is probably a good time to to look at that. It's been many years since we've had a, uh, a recession, even you know, since the '08 recession. We're at one of the longest periods of ex- of, of expansion. It may not feel like that True. for a lot of business yep. owners, but uh, but this is a we're we're getting close to being overdue for a recession soon. So yeah. that's that's one of the things that's, that's people great. should be mindful of.
1: Bob this is such good material. I mean, it's so useful to to get get your feedback with somebody who has that that uh, expertise. And I, I would add that everything that you've been talking about uh, is just going. You know, those steps that you take are even if you don't sell your business, are they're going to make your business so much better and stronger and healthier. And you know, I read somewhere sometime in the past that you know you should run your business like you know you're always trying to sell it because it will it'll increase the uh the quality of everything you do uh so it's 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 great stuff i'm, I'm really happy to have you share that on the show well thank you thank yeah, you absolutely awesome. i
2: agree with you completely i think if you were to run your business like you were going to sell it next year uh, people would have a very well organized business and not only that something could happen i mean god you know God forbid should something happen to you as an owner, um, you want somebody to be able to step in and and have organized records and and be able to run the business properly until you can get back into it for uh for whatever reason so I think um I think that's a great point
1: yeah, that totally makes sense so when when most businesses sell is is there kind of a requirement uh, more often than not that the owner is staying around for a certain period of time either just a transition or maybe part of their compensation on the sale is tied to them being there for a while? Um, what do you
2: think? Yes. Um, so oftentimes, we see consulting periods that are generally about a year. Um, so, there'll be a time where the seller... Uh, we'll stick around for, for a year, sometimes six months, uh, and then the new owner will kind of use that as a training period, and uh, and and eventually take over the business completely. So we also have a phase out period where maybe in the first few months uh, the seller's working full time or close to full time, and then gradually is you know cuts their hours by a third, and then and it cuts their hours even more, and by the end of a the year they're not they're hardly ever working there. Um, you really want the buyer to come in and, and, and to really run it. And so it, it, it also depends on who the buyer is. So if you have a strategic buyer, um, then they may want you to stay on a little bit longer to, to help kind of with the transition process. And then if you have a financial buyer, they may want to take over the business and kind of want to be there for all the decision making, but also kind of establish themselves as the new owner and build relationships with the employees. But generally, it's six months to a year. That makes sense. And you know, you, you mentioned earlier, and, I, and
1: I, I didn't get a chance to uh, comment on it. But one of the things I think is the the journey that you go through to selling the company and having having done this before, you know, it's also really personal. And you have to be emotionally ready and physically ready to go through this because it, it I don't want to say it's an adversarial relationship, but you've got all all these folks that are going to be digging through everything that you've built from nothing right and you've taken a lot of pride and you have all this passion and and oftentimes those people that are coming to look to buy your company are kind of poking holes kicking the tires if you will telling you why maybe it's not worth as much as you think it is and it can be uh kind of tough to to swallow sometimes
2: it can be i think um yes you're right I th- that's a good point i think It's it's tough. I mean, there's, uh, you know, you put your heart and soul. And oftentimes with, with folks with children there, and I hate to say it, but they may not even say it out loud. Their favorite child is their business. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's right. That's right.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's true. And we're not going to talk about that here though, because (laughs) we're recording this. See,
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's right. And I know my kids listen to this. You got it. Yeah. 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 That's, that's a, a, I think a big challenge. Uh, you, You have to be ready. And, you know, to your point again of having, in, you know, putting these layers of management in place, um, I think can really help that to uh, get, give you some distance a bit from uh, from that process.
2: That's right. Great. That's exactly right. Um, and uh, and it, and, it, and it positions the business well. I, I think the the number one thing that I hear from a lot of business owners, it's hard to find that manager or, yeah. or managers. Um, but that's what makes a business valuable. Is you've done something difficult. Yeah, uh, that a buyer doesn't have to do, and they'll and they'll pay you
0: for that. that that's, that's a really cool. good. That's that's one of those magic phrases. You've done something difficult that gives your business value. That's right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That's
0: right. Yeah. I, you know, and, and it's, that's an important thing. It's like, Oh, it's too hard to do. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's why somebody's going to buy that from you. <laughs>
2: yeah, That's, that's what right. they'll pay for it. That's, that's, exactly. what they're paying that's for you. valuable. Yeah. That's yeah. Right.
0: You, you want to cash right. out, you got to put something in, you know? Yeah, that's right. That's uh-huh. for
1: sure. So, you know, our, our listeners, we, we tell a lot of stories on the show and share lots of, uh, you know, anecdotal stuff that, uh, you know, is there a, you know, can you share your favorite, you know, success story of selling a company, you know, and you got to keep, you know, things confidential, but uh, is there a story that you like to talk about, you know, over dinner and a glass of wine when you're, you know, talking about your, your business experience?
2: Boy, uh, <laughs> I probably <laughs> I have to, have to tried, yeah, I have to pour myself a glass of wine right now. You <laughs> uh, should encourage yeah, people
0: I, to do that before they come on the show, Shannon. I know, <laughs> we should do that. <laughs> That's
2: a good idea. Um, well, I, uh, I think um I'm trying to think which one I should share uh and I I try I have to be careful with the confidentiality of it. Sure. Um, I think uh oh boy, I I'm trying to I'm trying to filter myself right now um in terms of oh, I don't want to bring that story. Yeah. I, could, I I could guess I about. could I could I could talk about um uh the uh Okay I, okay, I could talk. We'll see if I bring up the company. I think people might.
1: Yeah, you don't need to might, mention you know, anything. I mean, no. just a, even a tidbit of it. It doesn't have to be the whole process, but just something that you Tell really enjoy. Do, do your you know.
0: best at filtering yourself, but if there's something we need to cut out of the show, we have the ability to do that. Nobody's lis- actually listening live. So, you know, speak, okay. speak, yeah, speak, yeah, and, and we'll deal with it if we have to. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well,
2: I guess my one of my favorite stories is I had a client that... Um, had a business that was essentially in different states. Uh, you had one part of the business in one state and another part in a different state and um, and there was a lot of there was a lot of legal challenges with the business. Uh, they had a lot of lawsuits in the past, and uh, you know what what made it difficult was it was easy to see that they had all these lawsuits and it made it to the point where um, it was very difficult for me. Uh, because I was wondering, boy, you know, what are these lawsuits about? I mean, that's going to scare buyers away, and me, I'm going to put in a lot of time and effort here. I, I want to know that uh, this is going to be um, a legitimate operation. And so, when I did my homework and I got referred into them, when I got by by uh, by the client's attorney that I had a relationship with, and when I started working on the project, I just realized uh, there were a lot of. Uh, difficult challenges with this business, and uh, the earnings were going down. They had a, a lot of concentration uh, mm-hmm. They had one client that was eighty percent of one another eighty percent of the revenue of one division wow and and I just thought oh boy i, I don 't think i 'm going to be able to do this uh, i 'm not, I'm not going to be able to meet their expectations, but as soon as we went to market, uh, we do a multi pronged approach when we, when we sell businesses. We'll, we'll, there's marketplaces, private marketplaces online, where there's these private equity firms that go in and, and look at different opportunities to, uh, for, for sale. And then there's also just the old school direct marketing approach where we'll go and we'll find buyers on our own. And the buyer we found uh, was, um, was quite possibly a buyer we would never have imagined to be interested. And uh, we were shocked. We all flew out to go uh, meet with the buyer, and they flew in on a, on, a, on a private jet, and we were just kind of wowed by them. And one of them, well, the buyer was, was on this television show uh, in, uh, in the media that's it currently still very popular. And um, they... They really wanted it. They put an offer in, and we, and this is the thing when you're when you're doing a deal, it's important to have either real or perceived competition for your business. And we had a few small lowball offers, but they came in with an offer. And we were able to counter that, and they came in so much higher than all the other offers, and it was the exact buyer we wanted. And. The negotiation process was tough. They had really, really tough attorneys negotiating the purchase agreement, but we had one that was tough as well. And uh, the the seller was so happy with the, the outcome, and I never would have thought we would have had this outcome, and neither did the day. And I look like a hero, which I love. And today, yeah. she's one of my best, um, my best uh, uh, reference. Nice, and, or, yeah. So it's it, That's that's a that's a it, that process took about nine months. Uh, nine to ten months, and um, and it's also it gave me a door in to an industry that I didn't have before. Mm. So it was just it was a win win for everyone, and I was just I'm I'm so delighted to have worked on the opportunity, and uh, I've become friends with a lot of my clients, and she's uh, she, she's she's become a friend of mine. Yeah, it sounds, sounds like it. That sounds like a
0: blast, man.
2: Yeah, it does. It does. It's exciting. It's it, there's a lot of adrenaline in my business because it's, it's all yeah. or nothing for me. You know, right? Sure. So, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: but that's why, I mean, that's why it sounds like a blast. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And you get yourself into these scenarios that, like you said, you never would have painted for but there you are. And now it's okay. Let's make this happen. Yep.
2: Yeah. And it's a great, and, and the employees have a great future there too, which is mm. great. Cause I think a lot of times folks are worried and, and discretion is key too. We didn't talk about that, but um, during this whole process, you have to do it to where, you know you you can't the employees can't find out otherwise they're going to be so worried that's and right. constantly peppering you with questions about their future and oftentimes uh, buyers want to keep all the employees employees aren't the, a liability they are they are an asset of the company
1: of course uh, without,
2: so people have these you know scenarios where they're going to fire all the employees and move the business somewhere and that's that's I can tell you in my industry 90% of the time that never happens that never happens. The, the employees are important assets, and many times are given employment contracts and bonuses uh, to stay. So, you know, the, the day that the business is sold, that's when the announcement's made to the employees, and and some employees are are given retention bonuses because they're so important. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's what a, you're that's selling. Like like that's we said right. before,
0: you know, it's you made a tough, uh, you you did the hard thing by finding the right people for these roles. Why would the buyer want to repeat that effort? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But it's hard for it's hard for people who are not business owners, who are employees. Yes. And we talk about the difference between the two and that it's okay that there's a difference, you know, and there's some people that like to be employees. And that's frankly a really good thing. And I don't say that in a callous or Machiavellian way. I say it just it's part of how the world goes around. But that's right. But you, you know, yeah, you have to understand, you're right, though. Discretion is key because you can't expect them to think the way you do. And and so you've got to walk them through that process. Yeah. In a, in a very deliberate way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and I think and I was just having this conversation with uh, another business owner that had sold a company. And, you know, we were going, kind of going back and forth. And, uh, you know, and I made a comment. Cause it's almost like a you know, they feel guilty that. Oh, I'm going to sell the company and, uh, but maybe that helped, you know, is kind of what the, part of what defines them as a good, you know, employer good boss, if you will, that you're, you're concerned about what's going to happen with the employees. Cause most people aren't just, um, you know, going to dump it and run and do whatever you want with it. You want to make sure everybody finds a good home and, and that stuff. And I, I think that's, uh, that's a really good point to, uh, uh, to keep in mind is, you know, making sure those people stick around. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And and that might be, you know, my, my next question was going to ask you, you know, what what's the, the most important bit of advice you could, you know, offer a small business owner that's thinking of selling their company? And uh, I don't know if that's it, you know, or if there's another tip that you might, uh, uh, you know, leave us with here as we, you know, start to wrap things up.
2: Sure. I've got I've got one thing that I never really hear anyone in the media ever talk about. And in family-owned businesses and small privately held businesses, if you are an owner that's looking at maybe selling in three to five years, and you're and you're um, seeing your retirement, you do want to retire, and you're thinking of bringing a family member into the business to help run it, you have to be careful because if let's say for example, an owner has a daughter or a son that they want to bring in to run the business, and they don't really have the wherewithal to really run it right and and to really grow the business. In fact, they might have a lot of passion for the business, be really excited about it. Um, and then you pay them a salary, you bring them on and three or four years go by and you're realizing they're not doing well with it. But they think next year is going to be the year that everything gets better. And the problem is, is it really affects the family relationship and the the family dynamic you can't separate the family from the business once you've done that so i would say be very careful i think the percentage of, of success on the second generation running a business is close to 30% it's very low i would just be i would encourage children that uh, to develop interest outside of just the family business to avoid a scenario like that if that's possible is is to go out in the real world and get real business experience out there and then come into the family business once they have that experience. Don't bring them in right out of college um, or um, you know when they're at a young age and they don't have a lot of business experience uh, and and then they become attached to it and then it becomes very personal if you don't give them the business completely, even if they don't have the ability to run it well. So that's, that's probably one advice I would say is be very careful with bringing Family members into it for that reason, now, if they're already in the business, I would talk to them about potentially having a scenario where you if you do need to sell it um, is to think about buying them a different business or something to where it's 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 something that they could maybe a little bit smaller, something they can learn from versus if they're in this business that's maybe too big for them and they're not prepared for it mm. could be problematic. yeah, that's good advice.
0: That's yeah. really good advice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's one thing to build the business and learn about it as you go. It's another to just walk into this, it, this mature yes. business. Yeah. Yeah, because it's two totally yeah. different skill sets, and actually, it's not just family members that you need to be careful of. There, it's yourself too, right? You can Peter Principle yourself out in your own business too. I mean, that's a—I realize that's a whole different conversation, but you can find yourself in a role that you're not qualified for, and you know, and and to your point, that's where you hire a good manager and and you know, maybe make those decisions. But yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah you know, there's a phrase that you know we you. uh, you keep
1: advancing your employees until they get to a job where they're just no good at, right? That's the <laughs> principle. That's right. That's yeah. right. And uh, I, as a business owner, you wind up doing the, uh, you could do the same thing. So, yeah. yeah, that's great. Well, Bob, you know, it's been fascinating and some great information here. Uh, what's the best way for our listeners to, uh,
2: to reach you? How, how can they find where you're at? They can email me, Um, my email address is bob at cpointadvisors.com, that's C like the ocean, S-E-A, pointadvisors, plural, dot com, and I'll be happy to answer any questions. That's great, really uh, excellent to have you on, and some just really valuable information,
1: I've really enjoyed it, and and thanks so much for giving us your time today. Thank you for having me, enjoyed
0: it. It's been a blast, man, yeah, yeah, it's... um... Uh, you know Shannon and I have been stepping all over each other to ask you questions so that, <laughs> yeah, we're, I think we're, that's we're a, a little excited <laughs> yeah we tend to represent who our listeners are so I hope that uh, I hope we've done a good thing for for everybody here and I hope you enjoyed your, your time with us today Bob it's been great well thank you yeah awesome. Folks, feedback at businessshow.co is where you can reach us. And, of course, on uh, on Facebook as well, you can find us. It would be great to hear from you if you've got questions for Bob. Well, he just told you where to find him, but uh, but you can also uh, send him to us, and we'll make sure that uh, that we get to him. Anything else, Shannon?
1: I think we wrapped it up. Good Good show today. Take care, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.